What's up, you bastards? Are we going? Yeah. I'm just fixing my chair. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Dude, damn it. <laughs> trying to... Are you okay? I'm trying to get my chair. God. Trying to, trying to get up to the microphone. Oh, welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. Dominic's the lead. The end of another week. Yes. How are you doing, my friend? I am fantastic. The That's vibes nice. all time high mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. There's just a lot going on. It's okay? a lot. But uh, great fights to preview. Again, we're not taking no slander. So if you're if you're here to slander UFC 258, <clears throat> we want you to keep listening. So, but I was gonna say hop off, but we want. So to I was gonna. I'll be honest. Okay. I was gonna do what I did for 255, where I said we're not gonna take it. And you said you were gonna stock and slap but, somebody. Yeah, yeah. I threatened. T- take I threatened. I, I threatened assault. Be easy. However, be easy. Um, now I'm gonna say we're not gonna take it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we now. I will say since the previous episode where we mentioned you shouldn't slander the card, we yeah. lost a pretty important fight on the, the card. My second most uh, intriguing fight: Jimmy Rivera versus so, Pedro Munoz. Which um, we'll talk about in the news segment. But I'll be damned if we don't tell you everything you need to know about every fighter on this main card. Yeah, so we have our work cut out for us here, yes. but I'm hoping by the end of this you all will be excited for UFC 258. Actually, so much so I guarantee it. I guarantee based on our preview here, mm. we are going to get you invested mm. and interested mm. in all of these fights that we're breaking down. A below average Joe's guarantee. Mm-hmm. I don't do it very often. I don't call my shot. But I'm like Babe Ruth. I'm pointing towards the stands. I I love it. And you know what? There's a reason why I'm feeling so confident today. Why is that? Y'all notice just the, the, the audio. Is, just is it, Does it sound a little extra crispy? And, and they're probably like, no, wait a damn second. They've been sounding crispier these past couple weeks, but now it's even more. Yeah. What's going on? Well, well, I'll tell you, Dom. So, me and you, we just got back from a nice dinner. Shoo, Anna. Just business meeting. Yeah. Uh, all, life all the, meeting. All the above. Everything. Three a little, and a half hours. A walk, a walk down memory lane. Beat-ups wasn't ready. No, we were there for about three and a half hours, eating with our good friend, Long Tyler. Long-time supporter. Day yeah. one supporter. Tyler. The one who's left the voice, voice message. Voice message, yeah. Always been supporting us. And he said he had a surprise for us, a gift for us. Yeah. For the podcast. So we go there not knowing. And he says, well. Here it is. You see, you see I'm empty-handed. That's because it's in my car. Oh, we're like, oh. And then he says that he got us a new mic. And we said, what? Come again? And not only was it just any new mic, this is like... This is top-notch stuff. <laughs> top-notch. You could do curls with this stuff. <laughs> it is quite heavy. Yeah. A little heavy. Um, um, it's a big boy. Yeah, so we're going to start singing on the side with this as well. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll spare you. Yeah, so shout out to Tyler. You're the you're the man. Again, I'm going to give him a slight Do it plug. right now. Do it right now, yeah. Go to TylerPorterBooks.com. Yeah, yeah, tell him. To support him as he is an independent author. He writes some fantastic novels. Thrillers. Suspenseful. Oh, yeah. The shit Ooh. that gives you goosebumps on your, on your arms. Ooh. Ooh. The shit that makes you be checking your windows at night. You don't mm. want to leave a light off because you're like, hmm, is there someone in the corner I get there? terrified, quite yeah. frankly. Tyler writes that kind of stuff, and I can attest that it's fantastic. With one coming on the, uh, the works. Yeah, the there's works one right on now. the horizon, a, a one-off. Mm. He's been very big into writing series, mm-hmm. and he's, he's doing the one-off. I'll be honest, I'm not much of a reader. I think the last book I had read... 
before Love Before Law, his high first school? novel, was uh, The Great Gatsby my sophomore year of high school. Oh, damn. That's another podcast. <clears throat> Is it? Big fan of that book. Okay, well, anyway, I enjoyed it, but I didn't read another one after <laughs> until Love Before Law. So, shout out to him. Go to TylerPorterBooks.com. Mystic P. All the stu- all the information you need to know is on there about all of his books, about where you can get them. Uh, you can definitely you can get audio books or the uh, the real deal McGill. I was yeah. gonna say I almost said a hardback, but like hard paperback, paperback, yeah, hard hardcover, hardcover, hardcover paperbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah. terrible with this shit. Yeah, but go up there, support him, support an independent author, a guy who has done so much for us, and we just wanted to give him a little plug here at the top. Yeah, cozy on up next to a fire, cup of cup of Joe, you know, some hot cocoa and. Read you some spooky stories. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways. Tyler, <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And now to the point of this podcast. We're previewing yes. UFC 258. Yes. And the headliner is obviously the fight that's going to intrigue the majority of people. A long-anticipated title. And I will, so, I will actually say that this whole card's kind of going under the radar, and I get it. Especially after the loss of Rivera and Munoz. Right. But... This main event itself is kind of going under the radar because Kamaru yeah. Usman, who's the dominant welterweight champion, really, I mean, the Colby Covington fight was a war, but besides that, like, he hasn't been dominated Woodley. He's really dom- he dominated his way to the title. He dominated Woodley for the title. Yeah. He dominated Masvidal on Fight Island last summer. Uh, the guy's looked incredible. He's looked basically flawless. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Gilbert Burns is. Uh, dare I say, and, and the Colby fight was razor thin before he stopped it in the fifth round. His toughest matchup to date. Hundred percent. These guys trained together for years. Yes. Now Usman has moved on to a new gym. This is true. So they're not trained together anymore, obviously. But still, the point remains that these guys know everything about each other. And that really is the intriguing. It factor adds to here. the intrigue, but even stylistically, I think Gilbert Burns offers a lot that Usman's going to have to make up for, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But there's something really fun to point out about that training camp yeah. later when we break down the fight. But. Awesome. But before we get to that, we got to start with the news. The news. Uh, we're starting on a on a bit of a downer here. Yeah, so, for like the 18th time. Yeah, March 13th, originally scheduled to be that headlining bout. That's it was the third time I think they've had to reschedule it. Yep. Hamzat Chimaev facing Leon Edwards, one of the most intriguing matchups in this yeah. division. Uh, Hamzat's out again. He's out again. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the the COVID diagnosis he had from the second time they dropped the fight. Yeah. Apparently he still is just not recovering. Lingering health issues. Lingering issues. And he's out now. And now Leon Edwards doesn't have a dance partner for March 13th. So we'll start by just saying that this is disappointing, right? Yeah, it sucks. And I don't, I'm not quite sure that they rebooked this fight. Because here, well, here's the problem is Hamza made a name for himself by being this guy who fought three times mm-hmm. in, what was it, two months? Or, yeah, like 60 days. Yeah, he fought twice in... Nine, <laughs> nine days, days. Yeah. Uh, the fastest turnaround in UFC history he really made a name for himself for his activity right in that, that short mm-hmm. time frame but now we're going on what six months since we last saw him yeah I believe so and you gotta think that if they were to turn around and rebook him it won't be till about May yeah it'll be almost and a that's year if these COVID uh, lingering COVID problems are not gonna hinder him and then him we're anymore. talking almost two years since Leon fought <sighs> Yeah, so I, I have a hard time believing that they just pushed this fight off again. I'd, I'd get Leon in there. 
And there's one guy who's sticking out right now. And it makes and that, sense. That's because he, he, I don't want to say called him out on Twitter, but he he put threw his name in the hat. The nicest mother fucker. Yes. <laughs> Make me say it. <laughs> Steven, Basically. Steven Wonderboy Thompson. He has offered to do the fight with Leon. Leon had turned down this fight in the past. Uh, it's time to accept it. I think it's time to accept it, man. You just got to get in there, right? Win and you get a title, I think. Maybe. <sighs> anyway, Leon, I don't know how big he is on it, but for Wonderboy, it's the fight that makes the most sense for him. I really think the winner of this fight, I, I don't want to say they're next for the belt because I think that if Colby it all, yeah, all, it all depends on that um, fight, then I would say that would be next. Um, I will say Hamza, for the time being, has pretty much... Just be, it's unfortunate it's unfortunate because it's COVID yeah. and it's so unpredictable still but it appears that that has basically removed him from any title conversation I mean this guy oh, was yeah. looked at as one win away if he beat Leon Edwards title yeah. but now he might be fighting next like who knows who he's going to fight next now maybe you give him a guy like Neil Magny or Michael Chiesa or someone good fighters but if they hold out and try to do this fight again, I'll be shocked. I'll put it that way. I just think you can't. I just don't think for Leon. I if think you're, it, if you're Leon, you I gotta, was a big proponent of Leon to take this fight, but it's getting to a point where it's it, it's becoming too long for him being inactive. Yep, and I agree. You just got to get in there, and I think the fight with Stephen Thompson's a good fight for him. That's um, an intriguing fight. It is. That's fun. it. Really is because both are gonna. I mean, it's basically gonna be a stand up fight. Yep. Very technical. And Stephen Thompson is a tough man to read on the feet, but Leon Edwards is a great boxer as well. Yeah. And I think that Leon Edwards has more power, and I would I would be very interested to see if he could maybe land that shot kind of like Tyron did or like Darren Till did. Because Wonderboy's chin has at least at times, or Anthony Pettis, I should say, that's yeah. the one who knocked him out, uh, at times has shown maybe a soft spot or two. Um, not as much as maybe some guys, but it's definitely been apparent that if he gets hit clean enough, he he will be hurt. Bad. Precisely. So I I'm that's the fight I'm hoping for. I'm really disappointed for Hamza because I really think that this is going to set him back quite a bit. Maybe this is I mean this is the recency bias because this just this is fret, hot off the presses. This yeah, this story. just happened. But right now it just feels like the momentum's lost. It's unfortunate, Because man. think of how big it was when he had that really quick turnaround and then he fought a third time. But now you look ahead and you go, well, Kevin Holland kind of did that, but did it mm, better more yeah. times. Um, other guys like Bobby Green were very active. Like, it kind of feels like really being active in 2020 is kind of... A common occurrence. <laughs> it really was. So I, I don't I, I don't know what they're gonna what the plans are for him. I'm sure Dana still wants to kind of get him up there. He's still technically ranked 15th, so I'm sure he'll get a top 10 next. But I have a hard time believing he's gonna be fighting Leon again. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I really would. Unfortunate, yeah. but uh, I'm curious to see now what'll headline that fight night. Because again, the month of March, as we've said many times, is unbelievable. This, of course, was sandwiched in between the two pay per views. So we'll see what they do. There's still a month. So there is time. It's better than being two weeks or a week out. So I'm curious to see what will happen. Yeah. Uh, moving on. April 24th, we start out on another somber note. We lose our, uh, it wasn't the main event, but a, a fight on this card. Definitely main card. For you, oh, sorry, this is a pay-per-view. This is a pay-per-view. UFC yeah. 261, definitely not the main event, but a big fight at light heavyweight. Jimmy Crew 
probably the number one prospect in the light heavyweight division. Yep. And he was going up against the former probably number one prospect in the light heavyweight division, Johnny Walker. A very intriguing fight. However, Johnny Walker suffers an injury. Yep. He is now out. But Jimmy Crute gets a bigger name. He, yeah. And a bigger spotlight. I mean, this guy's higher ranked and everything. And I and I, I will even go as far to say I think this fight's even more intriguing. This is fun. Anthony Lionheart Smith. How, listen, is there anyone out there that doesn't like Anthony Smith? <laughs> there are some people. They need to stop. I don't know why. I don't know where this guy... I don't know who Anthony Smith like beat up or like pissed on or whatever that made people... There's some people Man. that just don't like that guy. And you know, he took the last fight on short notice as well with Devin Clark. That one was very short notice. And we were like, ah, maybe he shouldn't. We're not big on the Anthony Smith taking short notice. But then he jumps in and takes us on Jimmy Crude here. But it is two months out. So it's time to still put together a pretty decent camp. And uh, this fight, very intriguing. Uh, I, you know, we've the, the lone loss on Jimmy's record came via submission. Mm-hmm. Anthony Smith has to be the most underrated submission artist in the UFC. Look no, One of. Look no further than his last main event with Devin Clark. Yeah. So, honestly, if this fight goes to the ground, going to be very inter- interesting. If it's on the feet... Anthony can throw hands, but Jimmy mm. Crude on the feet, he's a different animal. This is fun. No, fun I'm very fight. I'm very excited for this. Instead of having I like this fight better, I do. You know, I I am a, still a, a Johnny Walker fan. Yeah. And I'm a Jimmy Crude fan as well, and obviously Anthony Smith. Like I there's not many guys I'm not a fan of who fight <clears> in this sport. But Johnny Walker was a guy I really believed in. He's had some setbacks. But he he looked he, he looked had good. the well, knockout with Ryan Span, which I don't know really if it if it really answered any of my questions about him. Well, I love the round though. Yeah, what a round. <laughs> um, however, I just like the matchmaking here better. I think. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Crute still. This is a big step. For you know, Jimmy he's got Crute. a lot to prove. I mean, I'm pretty sure wasn't his last fight against Modestus Bukakis Bukastis. Yeah, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So he's 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 really yet to to make that statement win to show that like that top ten. Yeah will be warranted for him. And a fight with Anthony Smith, I think, proves that even more than whenever Johnny Walker. Because Johnny Walker's kind of staying in his place, mostly due to the the hype he had before. Anthony Smith is a guy who fought for the belt. He earned that title shot and has had big wins since that kind of skid he went on to show that he is a top 10 light heavyweight in the world. You know, it's crazy because Jimmy's 12th, so Anthony's number 6. So let's say Jimmy wins. He's catapulted into top ten. He's already a huge prospect. The UFC yeah. loves him, and everybody in the MMA community seems to be high on Jimmy Crute. If he beats Anthony Smith, he could technically be one win away. Already, he really could be, depending on who that next light heavyweight is. Not a super stacked division. Yeah. However, I think the only question about that, it, he could still be one fight away. Um, but Israel Adesanya coming up to take that belt. There's that, a lot of questions yeah. about. What he might do next, will he go up to heavyweight? Will he stick around at light heavyweight for a bit? There's a lot unknown, and obviously he has to beat Jan Blahovich first. Yeah, so. man, and now Anthony, of course, on his side, has to fend off another up-and-coming prospect. I appreciate it. Anthony Smith's like decision-making. You know, The fight with Devin Clark was very risky. Now you have another risky fight here, but I think it's smart for him after those two back-to-back tough losses yep. to guys that were Glover Teixeira, who... Probably should be fighting for the belt right yeah. now. 
And then um, he lost to um, what's uh, Rakic. Yeah, Alexander Rakic. Thank you. I had to. I know. I've, <laughs> and Rakic is a guy who's in that top five and just looked like he was outclassed in that one. Yep. So I appreciate that he's kind of taken a step back again, even though Jimmy Crude is a killer. Yeah, and, big name. This and is... it's more of a step back in terms of rankings, but I'm not sure if it's so much of a I agree. step back from a guy like Rakic. I mean, uh, this fight is bigger than the Clark fight, name-wise, oh, yeah, 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 for, for sure. sure. So, so it's a step up in that regard, but it's still... It's not like he beat Devin Clark and goes, all right, I want a top five next. Yeah, and I think good on him for that. I don't think that's warranted. I think you, you still fight a guy He's right He's going to work back 10. to it. Yeah. yeah. So good on him. Uh, love Anthony Smith for that. And hopefully that fight stays together. UFC 261 starting to come together quite a bit. And then one week later. One week later. May 1st. So May, we're finally starting to get some yeah, uh, fight announcements. Uh, this was originally going to be our main event. What was this? Uh, Two weeks, February twenty yeah. seventh. Yep. Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prochaka. It is now the main event yep. of the May first card. So our very first main event in May. We're seeing some it's movement set. there in the yeah. light heavyweight division. And, so. I'm, and I'm still excited for this fight. Just as excited as I was when it was announced previously. Yeah. Uh, I know we've given our thoughts on it, but I'm a big believer in Yuri Prochaka, mm-hmm. the former Ryzen light heavyweight champion. He came over, looked fantastic against Vulcan Uzdemir, but we haven't seen him since. And that yeah. was UFC 251. That was a while ago. So it's almost we're coming near a year for him here, but if he wins this fight over Reyes, he's he might be next. Yeah, now, if I'm not mistaken, that was the prelim headliner, right? Him and Vulcan? I think so. And now he's main eventing in his second UFC fight yeah. on a fight night. And, I mean, Dominic Reyes might be carrying the weight in terms of name value for the casual this fan base. This is no easy fight for Dom. Dom or for Reyes, year, I mean, I'm not, you know. You know, Dominic Reyes had a very weird 2020. Yeah. Because he technically went 0-2. Yeah. But he fought in two title fights. The first one was against maybe the greatest fighter of all time. And we both agree he won. And I thought he won. Yeah. And then he fought Jan Blachowicz, who I continue to count out of these fights. Yeah. And Jan kind of... smashed. Jan kind of dominated Yeah, him. he did. And so he's in a weird spot because he's technically lost back-to-back fights. So if you lose another one, now you're on a, a skid. And he was undefeated, by the way, yeah. coming into those two fights. So, so then if he loses to Yuri or Jiri, that's a skid at that point. Yeah. A three-fight skid. And regardless of your thoughts on the John Jones fight, all you see is that red. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be tough to, to come back from that at least right away. So definitely a lot of pressure on him in this fight, but... For Yuri, I think it's all all gas, no break. I don't see much of a... If you lose this, you lose to one of the best guys in the world and yeah. only your second, second UFC fight. fight. Exactly. Uh, I, I really don't see any negative for him here, and I, I think this is a great fight for him to take, even if he loses, <laughs> truthfully. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I'm going to go... Never mind. I was, <laughs> ah, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go as far as say the winner of Smith and Crute will fight the loser of Reyes Pochaka. I'm just gonna say it three months out. Okay. We'll see if it turns out to be, but I'm just gonna say we'll it. Try now. to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh moving on to the rest. Uh we got Holy some shit. big announcements outside of the US. Bellator said mic drop. Bellator, Bellator, a. Bellator. I'm just gonna be honest. Bellator just left it all out. Yeah, so March is obviously gonna be a huge month for the UFC. And April? Well, 
belongs to Bellator yes, right it now. Does. <laughs> Uh, we, <laughs> I don't even know where to start here. So basically, let's go in order. They released Find just, it. they released basically all their upcoming fights. Uh, they're partnering with Showtime. Yep. Showtime will now be broadcasting all Bellator events. Yep. Is that correct? So we went from free Bellator in 2020 to Showtime in 2021. <laughs> and, uh, for the United Kingdom, for you fans out yep. there, BBC. not to be outdone, BBC will now be the exclusive, uh, what would you call it? The exclusive home of yeah. Bellator MMA. So you'll be able to watch those fights on, I believe it's uh yeah BBC Player is what yeah, it's called. Yeah. So they're making big moves out here. The UK is such a, they're so freaking like just dedicated MMA fans. But yeah. it always feels like they get kind of slighted when it comes to the start times. Start times <laughs> is a big one. But even after that, it's more just like, I feel like it's just a very untapped market still. Yeah. Even though With all the passionate fans over there. Even though you kind of have these efforts to increase over there, I think Bellator's done a better job than even the UFC of kind of getting into that market. And this is well, just, it's just like they went over to Paris. They were yeah. the first ever event there. And this, so. this partnership with BBC is another step in that direction. Mm-hmm. But for the fight announcements, April 2nd, the Featherweight uh, World Grand Prix semifinal. Yeah. It's for the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pitbull versus Sanchez, too. Yes. We yeah. love rematches. Yes. Yeah, so... Now, Pitbull, he, he's coming for everybody's neck. He's calling out everybody in the UFC. <laughs> yeah. He's saying, now listen, I KO'd Michael Chandler, and he just did that to Dan this Hooker. Is, I'm the best lightweight in the world. This is Patricio Pitbull. Let me right. Yeah, that. there's two Pitbulls. Yeah, so Patricio's the double champ in Bellator. He's the So this is the featherweight yeah, championship. So featherweight here. Grand Prix still going on. It's been going on for a while. Man. So this is the semifinal. He's not, this isn't even the finals yet. It's But he's defending the belt. Yeah, that's what he. That's what yeah, you do. Because yeah. winning, at, I mean, that's just the way it works. Yeah, it's okay. Because it, here's, I'm the, not used to these Grand Prix tournaments. So, okay, things. so here's, you know, I know we don't have the actual uh, bracket in front of us. We're looking at just this promo picture. So if it, Pitbull wins this, he technically and defends another, the title, and another man wins his semifinal yeah. match, then you have a main event, a final in the Grand Prix. Even though a Pitbull, Patricio Pitbull yeah. versus whoever. AJ McKee. AJ McKee. Is that really who's on the other side? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's a huge fight. Yeah. AJ so, McKee's a wow. And not for Sanchez to be overlooked here, but it's just that fight you that's can tell a huge us what they fight. want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want. Oh man. <laughs> but Patricio is such an animal. Oh, I just man. have a I have a hard time believing that. He's going to be outcrowned here, truthfully. Yeah. I, but, again, we're not. We we we're still. We're learning. Getting deeper in the Bellator, but that Patricio is. Um, I mean, he's really one of the faces of their organization. Yeah, he's really rose to that. He pretty much took Michael Chandler's kind yeah. of spot at the top there. That's true. Um, next announcement. So that's you, Bellator two fifty five. Yeah. So now you're going to have to change some stuff here. This so is, this is okay. a mess. So. Bellator 256. Man. Friday, April 9th. We got so we got a eight man light heavyweight grand prix. Yeah. So we're gonna tell you our 256. So this is the quarterfinals. Yes. The first round of this Grand Prix. Holy shit. You get Ryan Bader. I need to see the former light heavyweight champion going up against Leoto Machida for the second time. Yep. An awesome fight there. And then on the other end, 
This this is crazy. Uh, you man. guys, you guys, you really keep testing me with these names, don't you? Well, first Corey well, Anderson. Say the easy one Corey first. Anderson. Corey Anderson. And then you got Dovletazan Yakshimiradov. Perfect. I'm sorry if I butchered it. That was perfect. But that is going to be happening on April 9th. That's the one side of the bracket. So the winners of those two will we'll be facing each other. each other in the semifinal. Then, then Bellator 257 the next week. April Friday, 16th. April 16th. The champ. Your co-main event. Oh, my God. Okay, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. This is a co-main event. I have chills throughout my body. A co-main event. Anthony Rumble Johnson going up against Yoel, the soldier of God, Romero. That fight's happening, and it's happening in Bellator. And it's the freaking first round of the Grand Prix. You, you know that video of Paul Rudd? You know, who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me when I saw this happen. This is perfect. Freaking Bellator, man. They yeah. knew. They gave the people what they wanted. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a co-main. It's a co-main, and it's the first round of the Grand Prix. It won't get out of the first round. Uh, I don't know about that. Someone's going night-night. <laughs> I, I'm I, so excited to see Rumble back. <laughs> but he's fighting you, Romero. <laughs> that fight's going to be wild. Woo! And the winner of that will fight. The winner of the main event the for the light heavyweight title. Vadim Nemkov, the man who dismantled Ryan, Ryan Bader. Bader. And probably still a very underrated name when you go to just like MMA fans in general. What a great kickboxer he is. And he's got a rematch with Phil Davis, another UFC okay. veteran, another yeah. tough contender at the light heavyweight division. Is that six out of eight in this are uh, UFC veterans? Wow. So that. let me let me start here before we get into even the final. That's not even all. But well, let's talk about the Grand Prix for a second. Okay. So early thoughts here. I, I've heard some chatter online. People, yeah. Some people have been complaining about Rumble and Romero being paired up in round one. I'm not I surprised. Think I think there's a reason for this. So for one, they want to make sure that fight happens. For sure. Two, I think it's there's no coincidence that they're on the same side as Vadim Nemkov. Because here's why. Whoever wins out of Rumble and Romero will likely, if Vadim wins like most people probably think he will over Phil Davis, they would have a semifinal matchup with Vadim Nemkov. If Nemkov wins over Rumble or Romero, he gets that run. Mm-hmm. He, That's how good he is. That, yeah. Especially if he beats the shit out of him yeah. like he did against Ryan Bader. Yeah. Those are both bigger names than Bader. Yep. But still just as good as Ryan Bader, at least at light heavyweight. For sure. I mean, we'll see with Yoel, but... So I think that that's what they're wanting here is I, I early favorite. I'm gonna stick with Vadim Nemkov. I think the guy's just on another level. Yeah. Um, I, I guess Man, if, since dude. we I don't know if we'll do a preview for these, but we might have to mess around and do something. <laughs> but early can, thoughts. Can early, I just early thoughts? I think uh, I'm going um, Rumble over Romero. I was about to ask you your thoughts on the fight. Uh, I'm gonna go Corey Anderson. I'm going to go Ryan Bader and Vadim Nemkov. Those are probably all going to be the favorites, but that's just what's pulling at me. And now, so here, so here's how the tournament will play. So these are all April. Then the semifinals will occur in July. Right. Final in the or the championship, the granddaddy, October. Wow. 
So. so that's my early predictions, and then I would probably go as far to say I think Ryan Bader gets the win over Corey Anderson, and I think Vadim Nemkov would beat Rumble. You know, then... Corey and Bader's an interesting fight. It really I is. I think that's a fun fight. I just think it comes down to I think Bader's chin holds up better than Corey mm-hmm. Anderson's. I, I think he would have the advantage on the feet, but he's a great wrestler, and that's, a, yeah. of course, Corey's strong pursuit. So. Yeah. So that should that could be a fight like Colby Usman, you know, yeah. where it got two guys that are wrestlers just stand and bang. Anthony Johnson and Yoel Romero, man. <laughs> Who wow. would have thought? It's crazy. Shout out to Bellator. Do you have any early thoughts, like maybe early predictions? You know, just... Let me go ahead and I'll, I'll go. Uh, let me do. I'm going to go Bader. I'm going to go upset in the Anderson fight. I don't. Okay, I'm going to try and say his name. Yag Shemiradov. Yeah. Close enough. I think he gets the upset over Corey Anderson. Cool. I'm going to go Nimkov. He looked incredible against Bader, yeah, man. Did. My gut is telling me Johnson, but we've seen Yoel more. I know. But, his last, but I'll go Johnson. His last fight was the Adesanya fight. Do you really count that? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'll go Johnson, but I don't want to go past that. I'll wait till okay. the other Yeah, time I was just kind of talking, but, but we have yeah, another man. announcement here. Yeah, we're not done with Bellator. So, three weeks after that is Bellator 258, Friday, May 7th. I'm loving the Fridays, by the way. Yeah. The Bantamweight world title's on the line. One, Archuleta. He's one of the baddest dudes, man. Actually, he might be. Uh, Pitbull's definitely the number one pound-for-pound pound pi- fighter. Excuse me. And Bellator. Mm-hmm. Archuleta might be number two. He's a freaking animal. I mean, I know, I know all we just said about Vadim, but he just won the belt. Archuleta's a dog. And uh, I would love to see how he would compete with the UFC Bantamweights. Yep, but, I agree. But he's defending against another UFC veteran, Sergio Pettis. A guy who really earned his way up. They really kind of yeah. the, Sergio really had to work his way to this title fight. You know, not a guy who just they came just in. come in and get. Yeah. It. So I'm very excited for that. Those are all the announcements they've made. Man, they really just good for Bellator. I mean, they really, really just plopped their dick on the table. Yeah, and you know, really, the MMA Twitter, MMA community really came together and in I'm, support I'm of it, and it's so awesome for them, man. It really is. And like you said, these are on Fridays. Then we're going to have UFC fights on Saturdays. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, in April, one championship on TNT. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. And uh, if you want to go in, moving on to the next one, PFL. Another one. Announced their heavyweight and women's lightweight divisions yep. for their Grand Prix tournaments, whatever you want to call it. Uh, those these will begin Thursday, May sixth. Heavyweight includes Mr. Fabricio Verdum, former as well UFC as champion Justin Willis, former UFC heavyweight, mm-hmm. women's lightweight. Our girl. <laughs> it, there's one person to talk about here, and that's Kayla Harrison. Yep, Clarissa Shields not announced, not yeah. competing this year. Probably a smart idea. Yeah, I agree. And just protect the investment because mm-hmm. it's going to take her a minute to to. Really and she's adjust. out there with the great camp, Jackson Wink. She's got a yeah. whole year to get ready. Yep. So, awesome for them. I'm, I'm loving that all these different promotions have some huge announcements. Like we've talked, it's awesome. We've man. talked about Bellator now, PFL and one, one, and um, I know that was PFL we talked about before. But we've, I mean, we've got rising champions in the UFC now. Manel mm-hmm. Cape. We just talked about Jiri Prochaka. I'd like Love to it. see. I want to see what's next for Ryzen. Come on, yeah. you're the last of the of the the elite here. I want to hear what you guys man. got coming out. Love it, but. That's, That's the end of the news. The news. Let's talk about fights. We're doing a freaking pay-per-view again. Oh, yeah. Three weeks later? Yeah. Are you kidding me? 
and it doesn't get any slower from here. That's true. <laughs> we got two pay per views in March, but before we get into that, don't sleep on it. Don't so, do it. So we decided that we're gonna do six fights. Yeah. Now I must add, mm-hmm. you know, you guys know how the notepad works, right? The main card fighters get the notepad. We are discussing one prelim fight. I won't be as detailed on my end, but we can't not talk about it. Yeah. Because it's going to be fight of the night. I'm calling it right now. Well, it's not on the main card. I'm saying... <laughs> in general. In general. Yeah, I'll give my fight of the night <laughs> prediction yeah, for a main card. Yeah, but the right. real life fight of the night, what the UFC does, Yeah. this is your front runner okay. in my opinion. Cool. No, I, I, I don't uh, disagree with that. Um, so, the first fight we're going to talk about is actually the headliner of the early prelims. <laughs> That's... Which is crazy to me. That's unbelievable. But, you know, I... And usually we, we didn't really want to do this in the past of, like, kind of bouncing around the prelims. Because we didn't want these fights ahead of them to feel mm. like they're not important. It's yeah. just... You know, Ricky Simone, Brian Kelleher, two guys that have... That we are very well versed in and yeah. we just know quite a bit about... It just made sense. It's a great fight. Great. So Ricky Simone, Brian Kelleher at featherweight. That's the first fight from the early prelims that are going to be on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. Prelims on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Main card on ESPN Plus pay per view. So into our main card, we start at lightweight. We had some shakeups. Yeah, we did. Originally going to be um, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera. Yep. That fight has been scrapped. Unfortunate. So unfortunate. That was a big Originally match. replaced on the main car with Andre Yule. Yep. And Chris Gutierrez. Who just... So Andre Yule was supposed to fight last week. Got postponed because he didn't get medically cleared. Then he got scheduled for this week and they were going to put him on the main card, which was surprising to me. But then they ended up bumping it back for... The legend fight. Love it. So happy. We were wondering why this fight wasn't on the main card yep. and the UFC said, all right. The people have spoken and they listened. Bobby Green... Going up against Jim Miller. Good for them. Two guys that maybe just... And you know, it's a legend fight, but it's two guys that we think are legends that don't quite get that respect. Mm-hmm. Especially for like Jim Miller. Yeah, man. Jim Miller's been doing it forever. He's had uh, 38 UFC fights. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's crazy. 23 wins. One of the all-time leaders in both okay. categories. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I gotta take a second. 38. <laughs> After that. Yeah. At middleweight. Mackie Patolo versus Julian Marquez. That's a banger. It really is. That's a and that's banger. a fight. That's a fight nobody's gonna know. About. Coconut bombs. <laughs> that's that's Mackie's name. <laughs> no. I love it. I was, I was like coconut bombs. <laughs> Third fight, middleweight. Kelvin Gastelum is back, going okay. up against Ian Heinish. I love that fight. We we announced talked about that so long ago, I and know. it's finally here. Co-main event, hey, women's hey, flyweight. Hey. I gotta give a shout. She's back. Overtime heroics. Go support them. Dominic Salee wrote a beautiful oh. article <clears throat> breaking down this particular fight. Your co-main event, Macy Barber. She's back. The future. That's what she's been. <laughs> Another dubbed. person who's back. She's been out for over a year at yep. this point. The with torn ACL. ACL. Going up against Alexa Grasso. Another good prospect in this Look, division. A. She looked so good in her 125-pound yeah. debut last G year. Yes, man. Oh, my goodness. And our main event for the welterweight title. Third time's the charm. Kamaro Usman. Mm-hmm. Tell him. Defending mm-hmm. against yeah, yeah. Gilbert mm. Burns. Mm-hmm. Doringo. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
Woo! But until we get to those, we're going to start it. with the early prelims. The the, er, the the first fight of the day. Third fight. Oh, my bad. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Simone versus Brian Kelleher. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? Yeah, so I don't have my nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll let you take the reins here. I'll, I'll feed off of you. Let's go. Okay, so Ricky Simone is 17-3. and three. He's got... Five wins via knockout. Three wins via submission. That leaves him with nine via decision. He's lost one fight by any way you can. One by knockout, one by submission, and one via decision. He's been fighting in the UFC for a while, and some of his wins and losses kind of speak to that. His yep. very first fight in the UFC, a guillotine win over Marab Davalishvili. Unbelievable. Then you go into UFC 234. He got a... Unanimous decision win, and what I believe ended up being a fight of the night contender against Randy Yaya, who was a guy that, um, if you remember from that card, Glover Teixeira versus Tiago Santos won fight of the night in his fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, He also has a split decision win over Ray Borg. That was on the Anthony Smith-Glover Teixeira card from this summer. Very good fight there. He's very active. He does have two, I would say... um, Losses that we can talk about. The notable losses. The big one's going to be that TKO loss to Uriah Faber. That happened 46 seconds into the fight. And I believe that was his homecoming in Sacramento for Uriah Faber. Yep, it was. Yep. And then he had a unanimous decision loss to Rob Font later that year. So he dropped two in a row. But he's on a two-fight win streak now. His last win coming on, actually. He looked damn He was on good. the Kia Magni Yeah, car, it just so. happened. Uh, I, I didn't realize that, but he got an arm triangle choke over Gaetano Perello. He looked incredible. So, Ricky Simone is a guy that kind of flies under the radar a lot. Cardio machine. Yeah. Dude, just wrestling, very solid. Just wrestling, so solid. top level. And man. I really think we haven't quite seen him reach his full potential. I hope that's the case, because I'm tired of seeing him being put on these early prelims and shit. And he pulls off a damn good mullet. He does. Right? In the other side of the octagon. You got Brian Kelleher. He's 34 years old. A boom. A veteran. 22 and 11. He's always in good fights. Eight wins via knockout. Ten wins via submission. Only four via decision. He's in those 11 losses. One has came via knockout. Six via submission. Four via decision. He's got some notable names, too. He, you know, here's the weird thing. So at one point in his career, before he came to the UFC, he had a record of ten and seven. No kidding. But once he he did get on a big win streak, a seven fight win streak or six fights, excuse me, to get him into the UFC. Oh, okay. So he was sixteen and seven when he came in. His debut was against Yuri Alcantara, and he got a guillotine choke win there at UFC two twelve. He's also got wins over a unanimous decision win over Henan Burrell. A guillotine choke win over Ode Osborne, a guy who That's, just made yeah, a, yeah. a big name for himself. And lastly, on the Overeem versus Sakai card, he did get a guillotine choke over Ray Rodriguez. As far as uh, notable losses, a armbar loss to Marlon Chito Vera. A knockout punch. I remember watching this live with you against John Lineker. That was bad. Yeah. And he's got a unanimous decision loss to Cody, Cody. Stamen. Yeah, yeah. So he's fought, he's fight. fought a lot of really good guys. Not quite came out on top in the majority of those, but always exciting fights. Always too. exciting fights, and even that John Lineker fight, he was winning that fight if I remember correctly. Before just the lights got yeah, put out, yeah, he got put out. So what do you think here, Dom? You got the submission specialist in some ways in Kelleher, but he's also lost a lot via submission. 
while Ricky Simone kind of man kind of a guy who he kind of wins the fight anyway it's that's open to him he's gonna bring that freaking pressure so much uh he's gonna press Keller up against the cage Keller's gonna have to be on his horse he's gonna have to be moving because if Simone gets him up against that cage and gets wrapped around for the double leg he's going down and I think if it goes to the ground this is gonna be all Ricky Simone and potentially pulls off a submission victory really yeah, I think I think Simone's going to get it done. He looked so incredible at that UFC Fight Island eight card, and I think he's going to keep the momentum going again. What is that? What was that? A month ago? Less than a month ago? Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm going on Ricky Simone here. I think it's going to be a barn burner of a fight. I think he gets it done. Third round submission. Mm, Very fun fight. I think it's going to be awesome. So you're going against a man with ten submission wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does have six submission losses, and you know what? So I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to go with third round submission win for Ricky Simone. I really like the improvements I've seen in his grappling. I love watching him fight. His last fight really showed a lot to me. Being able to get that submission in the second round. What's one more round? What's a little more sweat? Right? Yeah, Brian's so tough. That's why I think he does edge it out. And I think third. overall this will be fight of the night. Yeah. I agree with you there. But when we give our like main card We always do down. fight of the nights for the main right, card. Right, right. So... A great fight there. Now we're on. Check that out though. If you got ESPN Plus or Fight Pass, yeah, I can't believe that's on the early prelims. But anyway, on to the main card. Pay per view. This is where I'm going to let Dom take it away. Legend fight. Bobby Green, Jim Miller, take it away. Well, Jim Miller's going to take me a while. Yeah, I'm going to just take a break. Okay. Um. So, (laughs) the legend Jim Miller, 32 wins, 15 losses, one no contest, four KO TKOs. 18 submissions, 23 wins, 14 losses, one no contest in the UFC. He's got wins over Dwayne Ludwig. Now, I wanted to say Dwayne because that is now TJ Dillashaw's coach, and that was from way back. He beat him via submission, so I had to point that out. He submitted Charles Oliveira. He got a submission over uh, Melvin Gillard. He's beaten Joe Lozon twice, once via unanimous decision, once via split. He submitted Yancey Medeiros. He TKO'd Takanori Gomi, a decision went over Thiago Alves, and submitted Clay Guida. Notable losses, literally just listen to this resume of people. He beat Gray Maynard, or I'm sorry, these are losses. Lost to Gray Maynard, unanimous decision. Lost to Benson Henderson, decision. Got submitted by Nate Diaz. KO'd by Cowboy Cerrone. Lost the decision to Benil Dariush. Got submitted by Michael Chiesa. Lost a decision to Diego Sanchez, a majority decision to the Diamond, Dustin Poirier, a unanimous decision to Anthony Pettis, another decision to Francisco Trinaldo, got KO'd brutally by Dan Hooker with a knee, got submitted by Charles Oliveira, so they won, they each have a submission over each other, and then he lost a decision to Scott Holtzman. Out of his 22 finishes, 14 of those have came in round number one. On the other end, Bobby King Green, 27 wins, 11 losses, 1 draw. He's got 8 KOTKOs, 9 submissions. He's 8-6-1 in the UFC. Notable wins against James Krause, TKO. Split decision over Josh Thompson. Unanimous over Clay Guida. Unanimous over Lando Venata. And then his most recent win was against uh, Alan Patrick. That was via or unanimous decision. Losses. Edson Barboza decision. Got KO'd by Dustin Poirier. We just talked about that mm-hmm. on our classic pay-per-view review for UFC 199. If you haven't checked it out, 
go check it out because you know <laughs> Michael Bisbing kind of watched it too. <laughs> yes, he did. Anyways, got a decision. A loss to Drakkar Close. Lost to Francisco Trinaldo as well via decision, and then lost his most recent bout to Tiago Moises. But before that, was on a three-fight win streak. Nine of his seventeen finishes have came in round number one. Noah, we we can't wait for this fight. Whew. I'm yeah. so happy they put this on the main card. That was a book that yeah. you just read off there, and I think the big thing for these guys, even though they're very much in my eyes legends, maybe more so for Jim Miller, but Bobby Green has definitely earned that status <clears throat> for me. Both of them had great 2020s. Yeah, that's true. Bobby Green, I know he's coming off a loss, but he three went and three one. and one, and that was coming out of retirement. Yeah, Jim Miller also coming off a loss, but another guy who. That submission win over Roosevelt Roberts was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Still got it, man. Really However, does. this is where this fight comes down to for me. If this fight gets to the ground, I'm going Jim. It's Miller. all Jim Miller. Oh yeah. But Bobby Green, feed. Bobby Green has a. He is not an easy guy to take down. That's true. And That's true. You can tell by this run of decisions he's been on that he's done a great job of keeping fights at a distance. Because when you do that. Sometimes when you have fights at a distance, it's harder to land as clean as when you're close up, right? So mm-hmm. the power in your shot is a little lost when you have to overextend. So he's done a great job of kind of just fighting his fight. Kind of, and it, when I say decisions, they've been great fights. It's just that's how he's been winning them. Yep. So I think Jim Miller's going to have a very hard time here closing, closing that distance. Yeah, I agree. But I think you're going to see a lot of. Um, just a lot of grappling attempts from Jim Miller. I think he's going to go diving for the legs at times. And it's just going to be, can Bobby Green win in those exchanges? So does he? I think he does. Mm-hmm. I think Bobby Green gets a decision win here. Um, I think he continues that trend. I could totally see him even getting a finish. And I could, if this fight gets to the ground, then I'm going to have a hard time believing that yeah. Jim Miller doesn't pull off a submission. Because he's still one of the most lethal submission artists in the UFC. But I think Bobby Green, he's he really found he he found a, a very good game plan to run with in twenty twenty, and I think that continues here. And, and that fight with Moises that he just lost, so close, so close, like, like could be on a four fight win streak, yeah, here, you know, really. And uh, and I agree with you. I think Bobby Green is going to win via decision. He has done a great job, as you mentioned, with managing that distance, picking his shots. He's very technical boxer. He really mm-hmm. is, and he's been looking really good on the feet. And he's going to be able to piece Jim Miller up on the feet enough to get the win. I don't doubt that Miller could maybe get him down at some point in the fight. But I just think if it does go to the ground, Bobby will at least be able to stay away from submissions. He was able to escape from submissions against Tiago Moises and get back to the feet and take it to a decision. I think he's going to be able to do the same here against Jim Miller. Awesome. Moving on. Coconut bombs. (laughs) So we, this is a fight with nicknames here. <laughs> I love it. You apparently Mackie Patolo, Coconut Bombs. Yes, sir. And then you got the Cuban Missile Crisis. He's, hey, both these guys have been on the podcast before. Julian Marquez been on the podcast. Yeah, I remember talking about the Cuban Missile. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. we did. I was one, that nickname did sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, so that's our fight here. Two guys who we've apparently talked about before. <laughs> I I remember Mackie Patolo. How do you forget a name like that? But I uh, don't remember coconut bombs, but I'm going to let you break these guys down because obviously I need to freshen up. This fight's awesome. I think this is going to be a really fun fight. So Julian, 7-2, 6 KO, TKOs, 1 submission, 7 for 7, sound the alarm. Woo-woo. 
That's 100% finish rate. He's 2-1 and one in the UFC if you count his win on the Contender Series, which, if you're a veteran of listening to the podcast, we count those. That win on the Contender Series was against Justin Sumter. That will not be the last time you hear Justin Sumter's name in this podcast. Just be ready for that later. And then his win, technical win in the UFC. Oh, I just messed up my thing. I apologize. Mackie beat Justin Sumter. My apologies. Julian beat Phil Halls. As oh, yeah, a matter of fact, on the Contender yeah. Series. Sorry, I got ahead in my notes. Phil Halls, who looked incredible yes. at UFC 254. And Julian KO'd Phil Halls yes, on the Contender Series. Then comes in and beats Darren Stewart via submission. And I, Noah, check this out. Are you ready for this one? What is it? He beat Matt Hamill. Yeah. I was wondering if that was the Matt It Hamill. is the Matt Hamill. O-H. I am. But he lost Combate America's Empire Rising in 2016 TKO'd Matt Hamill. That's the, the promotion that Tito Ortiz has a big hand in now. Yeah, and fun fact, the only man to beat John Jones. <laughs> yes. Technically, so technically... Technically, Julian Marquez is the best fighter in the world. Yeah. Okay. Notable losses, only one of the two, and that was against Alessio DiTarico, who just brutally KO'd Joaquin Buckley uh, just a few weeks ago, and he lost that via split decision. So this man is on a mission right now. The Cuban Missile is on a mission. The Cuban Missile Mission Crisis. <laughs> hey, four of those seven finishes in the first round. Yeah. Now, Maki Patolo, here's the win against Justin Sumter on the Contender Series. That was a TKO. Again, not the last time you hear Justin's name on this podcast episode. Then he TKO'd Charles Bird. Uh, and then his losses... Darren Stewart lost to him via submission and then lost to Impa Kasagane via unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Obviously, both those guys, super tough, been putting on really good performances. We know what happened in Impa's last outing, yes. but a very fast-rising prospect. Yeah. We believe in Impa here on this podcast. Six of his ten finishes have came in the first round. This is a tough one to judge, in my opinion, because Patolo has... He has the greater, I guess, high-level experience because mm-hmm. he even had a run in Bellator. He had a one-fight yep. run. Yep. So you have that, and then you go to the UFC where he started on the Contender Series. He's a, He's been in, won his fight there, had four fights since then. Yeah. He's went one and three. Yeah. yeah. Now, Darren Stewart, Impa Kazaganai, those are not, t- like, you know, those aren't easy opponents. Yeah. But then you look at Marquez... And you see that he beat Darren Stewart. Mm-hmm. He beat Phil Halls, who looked incredible in his last fight. And even a guy like Matt Hamill, I don't care how old he was at the time, that's still an impressive win. The win, the loss to De Chirico looks better since Chirico did just have that And again, that knockout. was a split, you know? So. Yeah, and De Chirico before that was on like a big skid, so I, I'm still, you know, unsure of him. But it's, this is a very tough fight. If you want to go stylistically, Marquez, six TKOs, one submission. So you know that he's going to want to keep this fight standing. Mackie Patolo, 13-1-7 be a knockout. I have a good feeling that he's yeah. going to want to do the same. It's the bombs, baby. My, my question for you is, if this fight goes to the ground, who do you think has the advantage here? Mm. Because there's less known about Marquez's ground game, especially with only the one win there. I'm, I'm leaning Patolo. You know, but I just have a hard time believing this fight even gets there. This fight will go to the ground because someone's getting knocked down on the ground. Mm. That's the only time this fight's going to the ground. This That's is going to be point. a freaking brawl, in my opinion. Uh, I guess I did forget to mention, but you kind of covered it. Mackie is thirteen and seven. I totally skipped over his record. <laughs> oh. 
And then on off of those seven KO TKOs, he does have three submissions. But again, everything I've seen of Maki so far in the UFC, he's standing and banging. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really good fight. I'm going upset. Mm-hmm. I'm going Patola. Okay. I think Marquez is the favorite going into this fight, again, with a record like that and all seven wins via finish. I'm going Maki Patolo. I have a hard time saying this fight's going to go to a decision. So I'm going to mess around. I'm going to have a little fun. I think a coconut bomb's going to land in the first round. Mm. K-O-T-K-O, Maki Patolo. Put me down for it. Right there. Big bounce back for him. Let's do it. I think it's going to be a bounce back on the other end. Mm-hmm. I'm going the Cuban Missile Crisis. The okay. Cuban Mission Crisis. <laughs> he bounces back. And I'm going to go with the second round. Ah. KO, TKO win over Maki Patolo. I think Patolo will be able to... I think you'll have okay. a. I think you'll have a big feeling out process there in round one. But I think round two, a missile lands. Hey, this fight's <laughs> going to be a banger. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Low-key fight of the night yeah, contender. Yeah, but I, I ain't going to go there yet. Yeah. Third fight. This might be the hardest fight for me to judge on this whole card. And that main event is tough. <laughs> but this fight is probably the hardest one for me to judge. You got Kelvin Gastelum, who I won't say it because I'm going to let you cover it. But he's going up against Ian Heinish. And there's an elephant in the room with Kelvin Gastelum here. But go ahead. Take yeah, it man. So Kelvin is 15 and 6. It's kind of crazy that that's his record, but we're going to get more into that. So six KOTKOs, four submission victories. Uh, he's 10-6 and six with one no contest in the UFC. He's been fighting top-notch ever since he came off of the Ultimate Fighter. He's got wins against Rick Story via split decision. Submitted Jake Ellenberger. TKO'd Nate Marcourt. Uh, has a decision win over Johnny Hendricks. TKO'd Tim Kennedy. One punch KO'd Michael Bisbing. And then got a split decision over uh, Jacare Souza. Notable losses, though. He's lost to the former champ, Tyron Woodley, via split decision. Lost a split decision to Neil Magny. Got submitted by Chris Weidman. Lost in an absolute all-time classic against Israel Adesanya for the interim middleweight championship. It was in the top ten list. Unbelievable fight. And then another, a third split decision loss in the UFC. That was to Darren Till in Till's middleweight debut. Mm. And then most recently... Very odd performance <laughs> yeah. from uh, Kelvin, man. But he got submitted by Jack Hermanson very early on in the first round, within a minute. Was with a heel hook. Yeah, via heel hook submission to Jack Hermanson. He's coming into this fight on a three-fight skid, which is very odd for Kelvin. I will just say five of his ten finishes have came in the first round. But again, keep that in mind. He's coming in on a three-fight losing streak. We're not used to seeing this from Kelvin Gastel. For Ian... He's 14 and 3, 5 KOT games, 2 submissions, 4 and 2 in the UFC, if you count the win on the contender series, which we do. He's got wins over Justin Sumter. There he is, <laughs> number 2 on the appearance, another contender series loss for Justin, but uh, for Ian, he got the KO victory in the UFC uh, post contender series. He got a decision win over Cesar Ferreira, got a decision victory over Antonio Carlos Jr., and TKO'd. Gerald Mearchart. Losses. Marcus Perez back at LFA 22 in 2017. That was via submission. Lost a decision to Derek Brunson and also lost a decision to Omari Akhmedov. Six of his seven finishes have came in the first round. I'm just going to come out with my pick really quick and just say it first. Okay. I think Ian Heinish, Heinish is going to win. I really do. 
so <laughs> here's okay. Let's let's break this down. Let's do it. Okay. 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 Did you want to finish your prediction? Did you want to say how? I just wanted to get out my winner first. I'll go into how at the okay. end. But. So, Ian Heinish is a guy who's kind of hung around that 10 to 15 mm-hmm. for a while now. He actually just recently got his ranking back. He's 15 now. Yeah. Um, so, he was kind of out, you know, probably due to that two fight skit. He went on to Brunson and Amariak Madoff. But he did big, bounce back. Big losses, by the way, too. Yeah. Those guys. And then he bounced back to Gerald Mearchart. Uh, with a big TKO win, about a minute 14 in. So he's on a big high right now, but we haven't seen him since June. Yeah. Then you got Kelvin, who... Oh, still only 29 years old, man. Crazy. This is my my feelings about Kelvin Gaslam right now. I keep waiting to see that guy who took Israel Adesanya to the absolute To the deepest of waters. Yeah, that fight was incredible. To me, I had a lot of doubt in Kelvin's ability against Adesanya in that fight. And to see... Just a guy who really threatened with the grappling. And, you know, he's not a guy that's – he's not necessarily, like – he's very much a jack-of-all-trades, right? Yep, I agree. And I I guess Adesanya is – you know, he's an elite-level striker, but, you know, pretty untested when it comes to the ground. So that fight hardly went to the ground outside of knockdowns. Yeah. But Kelvin was able to threaten with it and therefore – able to land very cleanly on Adesanya many times in that fight and nearly <laughs> nearly dropped him a couple times. Yep. However, since then, it kind of appears that maybe that fight just revealed a lot about Kelvin since then, and maybe he's a bit more one-note. Maybe, man, maybe that just took so much it just, out of him. It just seems that with the Darren Till fight and the Hermanson fight, the Hermanson fight's a weird one, but let's start with the Darren Till fight. His... His game plan was very much the same mm-hmm. that it was against Adesanya. You know, he was he was very much looking to close that distance, threaten with the takedowns. However, he had an unbelievably... He actually shot quite a bit in that fight. Yeah. And he had no luck against Darren Till. Not that Darren Till's, Till's an easy... credit, right. You know, not that Till's an easy guy to take down, but... no, I mean, just some pretty poor attempts at times. When the fight was standing, it's very much the same thing. He'll throw the... The leg kick, he'll throw the left hand. It's his his striking for as much credit as it seems to get. It's, it's very simplistic. simple. It's very yeah. simple, and it's a bit when you have a simple game plan in that way. At times, I think it can be coming off like telegraphed, right? Because people just look at it and go, "Okay, watch out for maybe the right leg kick, left overhand, and then you'll be okay." Yeah. So in that way, I'm worried that he's became a bit one note. The Hermanson fight's just weird. Because he got out of the submission, and, just got right and then back he got into right it. back into it and got caught in a heel hook. And he just, and I don't know if that was just a lapse in judgment, maybe motivation maybe. not super high. It's you know, there's a lot unknown about that. And that but, was a huge fight for both guys. But I guess guys. when you look at Kelvin's submission defense, has not been great anyways. He had that submission loss to Chris Weidman. Right. Who, don't get me wrong, is great on the ground. Or Manson, another killer on the ground. But then for Ian Heinish, he is kind of the more He's For, well-rounded, good wrestler. Yeah, he's both well-rounded. guys great wrestling. That's what's intriguing to me. What's funny is both these guys have more wins via knockout, yeah. but I feel like they're just as talented on the ground, if not more so. I think this is a very balanced fight stylistically. Yeah, I do too. It really is. And I just the part of me just keeps wanting to see that Kelvin come back. But will we? But will we see it again? I mean, yeah. he's only twenty-nine, but another loss here, and you're. I think Ian's coming. 
With some motivation, Ian's man, good. to really crack He's in. He's good. This is a, I mean, look, those losses to Brunson and Akhmanov are in the back of my head because it's his toughest matchups. And he came out short in on both. And both of them were pretty decisive, especially right. the Brunson mm-hmm. one. So, I'm going to go Kelvin Gastelum. Mm. I'm curious to see how. I'm going to go via decision. Mm. Okay. I'm going to go via decision. I think Kelvin's going to have an easier time getting this fight to the ground if he wants to. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ian's not so good of a striker that Kelvin can't hang with him. This isn't like the Darren Till or Adesanya. This is a step back in terms of striking. But it, Ian Heinish is also not as good of a grappler as Jack or Manson. Yeah, I So agree I with think that. in that way, this is like a step back in all the ways that Kelvin has lost previously. So if he doesn't win here, there's going to be a lot more that we're going to have to question on Man, Monday's four episode. Four-fight skit it would be. Yeah. Monday's episode is going to be very interesting if he loses this. I'm going Gaslam. A lot of this might be false hope, but I still think Kelvin's got... You'd love to see him bounce back. I keep keep thinking he's got something to laugh. I think Ian would be a good test to see that he still has it. And to just kind of show where Kelvin is. And, you know, the same for Ian. I am going Ian, as I mentioned. I'm going decision here for Ian Einish. Again, I think he's coming. I think he's coming with some extra motivation. He's wanting to be active. He wants to get that one big win. Like you mentioned, the two biggest fights of his career in the UFC... Both coming up on the short end, very decisive, both of them. It's just apparent that his grappling weaknesses are, you know, those guys who can kind of hold you down. Yeah, because yeah, he's such a great offensive wrestler, but then defensively seemed to get handled convincingly yeah. against. So it's like when maybe good. it's when he's on his back, he's just not quite right. the same guy. And, uh, you know, I think I think we see a majority of this fight on the feet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if... Both, maybe both both guys have a moment here where they kind of stun the other. I don't doubt that at all. Both guys have the power. But I think Ian's going to be able to just drag it out. If it goes to the ground, I am intrigued. I'm interested to see how both guys will fare. But overall, I just think Heinish is going to have the answers. And uh, it's more so just what I've seen from Kelvin recently. It's it's worrisome. It is. So I'm going Ian in an upset again. All right. We move on. Co-main. Co-main event. Macy Barber, Alexa Grasso. This one should be easy for you because you did a whole damn article on yeah, it. Yeah, I got it all laid out for us here. <laughs> so Macy is 8-1, 5 KOTKOs, 2 submissions, 7 out of 8 via finish. You don't see that high of a finish percentage for you know mm-hmm. female fighters. So she's 4-1 in the UFC if you count the win on the Contender Series. Um, she beat Hannah Cyphers in her UFC official debut. That was via TKO. She became the first woman at the time to finish J.J. Aldrich. That was via TKO. And then made easy work of the submission specialist uh, Jillian Robertson in the first round. That was via TKO as well. The lone loss on Macy's record was against the happy warrior, Roxanne Montefiore. That was via unanimous decision. In this fight, Macy did tear her ACL. She did get dominated all of round one, and she did not have a torn ACL in round one. Right. So I'm not taking anything away from Roxanne. No. But rounds two and three, you know, showed showed her toughness, and that's my biggest take. Uh, can we just talk about the doctor in that fight who checked her knee and goes, it's a slightly torn ACL, she's good? Yeah, Joe Rogan said, what, what is this? I've, I've never <laughs> seen this before. What was what, what he doing? Like, how do you, what was that, a full examination? He just looked at her knee and he goes, yep. This she, guy's a witch doctor. He just knows exactly what's wrong by feeling her knee. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Macy, coming off the long layoff, that was in January, UFC 246 in uh, 2020. So over a year since her last fight, hopefully the knee is fully recovered. We're going to find out. 
And then that win on the Contender Series was against Jamie Colleen. That was a third-round TKO. Uh, three of her seven finishes have came in the first round. Alexa Grasso, her second fight at 125 pounds. She's 12-3, four KO TKOs. She's 4-3 in the UFC. Don't let that record fool you because she's been in there with the best of them. Her UFC debut was against Heather Joe Clark. She got a win there via decision. She got a split decision over Randa Marcos. A big win over Carolina Kovalkiewicz. By far the biggest win of her career. And then in her debut at 125 pounds, she lost to Ji Young. Or beat Ji Young Kim. She looked incredible she did look in that great. fight with yes, Kim. Really showed off how great her uh, distance striking is. And then losses, she did lose to Felice Herrig via decision. She got dominated, as does everyone, against Tantiana Suarez. The uh, female Habib. The female Habib got submitted in the first round um, and then lost a very, very close fight. It was a majority decision uh, to Carla Esparza in a fight that Alexa dominated in round three, pieced Carla and had her very hurt on the feet. But it was Carla's wrestling in rounds one and two that uh, ended up getting her the victory there. All four of Alexa's finishes have came in the first round. I'm I'm very excited for this fight. Pressure's I think on. I think we're going to see a the stand-up pressure war. is on Macy Barber. This, this is fight. true. That's very so, true. Can't, is she is she ready for that? You know, this is the girl you talked about this in your article. Mm-hmm. She had a in her phone. She yeah. had yep. What was it like? A, she had a countdown timer on her phone, saying what her time was to become the youngest UFC champion ever and dethrone John Jones as a record. Mm-hmm. So now that, of course, before the injury, which, she's technically still is younger than John, but it's, it's just it's going to be very yeah. very hard now to do that. But. So. It's um, it's obvious that this is a girl who's kind of who who lives for these. She's kind of so motivated and driven. Yeah, that's my always my biggest takeaway well, from Macy. Alexa Grasso is very popular, and um, very she's, quiet. Yeah, she's, she's like very, a Carolina. She, she's a very popular fighter. She was at one time a very big prospect, you know, due to her run in Invicta. Yeah, undefeated. I just don't Invicta. think she's quite lived up to it in the UFC. Now there might be new life. The Ji Yun Kim win was very Dude, impressive. She looks, I can't. I love that performance. No, it was a great, great win for her against a lower level opponent as of now. Um, so there's a, this is definitely an intriguing fight. I think Macy's ready for the comeback here. I, I think, think she she's is. very well motivated. I'm actually going to round one. No kidding. KOTKO for Macy Barber. I think Damn. she comes back with in a big way. So this is fun. I really like this fight. I think this is going to be. A stand-up uh, war. I'm going to go ahead and say war. Fuck it. I'm going to say war. So Macy is so aggressive. And she's going to pressure, pressure, pressure. She's going to get in the dirty boxing range. That's where she finds her most success. Uh, for Grasso, distant striking, she's going to own this fight, in my opinion. And uh, that's where it's going to be interesting. So who's going to be able to take advantage of their strengths more? I think with Macy's overall like physical strength and just aggressiveness she will be able to get the upper hand i think she's going to pressure alexa to the fence quite often uh potentially even wrestle i don't think it would be a bad idea for her to actually manipulate or manipulate what the hell utilize some takedowns in this fight that's what i was going for but Grosso's no easy out and as much as I'd like to think Macy can get a finish in her big comeback, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get a three-round battle. I think she's going to pull out a decision in a fight that she may even lose a round potentially to Alexa because Macy has shown to be vulnerable on the feet a little bit 
at times if it's not in her range and that range that she's uncomfortable in just so happens to be Alexa's mm-hmm. strong suit. But I do think Macy's going to get the win. Cool. I love that fight. <laughs> I think great. that's a very good fight. That's number 10 versus number 15. I mean, hey, for all I know, man, I mean, I don't want to count out Grasso. I just think that you're running into a – this is kind of like the Chandler Hooker thing for me. Yeah. Just the super motivated, super well-prepared fighter. And, like, I don't think Dan Hooker's that much worse than Michael Chandler, that he, you know, he got starched. I don't think Alexa Grasso is that much worse mm. than Macy Barber. I just think you're running into Macy, who, for a year now, has had to hear all this shit yeah. about how... Yeah, well, and they were letting her hear it. Yeah, she's not the future. You know, she was cocky. She got dominated by, you know, a lot of people don't respect Roxanne either. Yeah, That's another no story. Kidding. So a lot of people looking at it like, oh, you couldn't beat Roxanne. Like, what does that? And she's be- 22 years yeah. old. So man. I think she's been listening to all that for this last year. I think you're going to come yeah. out and see a new type of Macy Barber. Very excited. I can't wait for that fight. Main event of the evening. So we're about to break this down, and I have no idea who I'm picking to win. <laughs> yeah. I could be swayed based <laughs> off of your points here. Well, Kamaro Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Um, before you break it down, hmm? we haven't said it yet. This is my fight of the night. I guess I haven't either, so this is the only one left. <laughs> was that, fight of the night. Was that what you were going to go with? Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, yeah, which a lot of people might be surprised by that. Usman's kind of got this reputation now as being like a boring fighter. I'll tell you right now. Disrespectful, man. Yeah, I can't. I can't. But I digress. Take it away. Do your breakdown. <sighs> okay. Is this one of the tougher title fights we've had to break down? Yeah. So far oh, in yeah. the podcast? Okay. Well, here we go. Kamaru Usman, 17 wins. One loss. Seven KOT games, one submission. He's undefeated in the UFC, 12-0. He's on a 16-fight win streak. The last time he lost was in 2013. It was his second professional uh, MMA fight. Yeah. That's the last time he's lost. 16 in a row. I bet that guy who beat him feels great. Well, probably does. He's the best welterweight <laughs> in the world, so he should. Um, he's got wins over Leon Edwards. That was the last time that Leon has tasted defeat. That was via unanimous decision. Got a win over uh, Worley Alves via decision. A decision over Sean Strickland. Uh, a KO'd Sergio Marais. Decision over Damian Maya. A decision over RDA. That earned him the title shot. Then he dominated Tyron Woodley. Literally shocked us. I remember watching that fight being like, what is happening? Every facet of that fight was all... You can say now, if you go back and watch it, like, wow, this fight ain't even that exciting. Fuck that, man. We watched that live. Nobody saw that coming. Tyron had been the dominant champion before. People were starting to put Tyron Woodley into their top ten of all time. Yeah, like... He, he, he needs to fight GSP he, to see who's the best. He manhandled yeah. it for five rounds. Unbelievable. Uh, and then the all-time classic fight with Colby Covington. Oh, yeah. Finishes Colby with a TKO in the fifth round. Dropped him twice. Dropped him twice. Broke his jaw. And then uh, most recently at Fight Island last July, what was originally supposed to be Gilbert Burns, that was the first time, uh, Jorge Masvidal stepped in on six days' notice. Usman accepts it like the champion that he is. And dominates it for five rounds, gets the decision victory over Jorge. I, I have to shout out the lone loss on his record. I mm-hmm. have to. I have yeah. to do it because, ladies and gentlemen, the best welterweight in the world is Jose Caceres. He beat Kamaru Usman <laughs> at CFA 11 in 2013 <laughs> via submission. 
The best welterweight in the world. You guys get what we're saying here. Uh, three of Kamaru's eight finishes have came in the first round. This will be his third title defense, two successful so far. And like I said, man, 16-fight win streak, 12-0 in the UFC. But former training partner, good friend. Former teammate. Former teammate. These guys, I believe I read or saw somewhere, they have sparred. Plus or minus 200 rounds together. 200 rounds. Really? <laughs> Gilbert Burns, 19 wins, 3 losses, 6 KOTKOs, 8 submissions, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. He's 12-3 and three in the UFC with wins over Alex Oliveira via submission. A decision victory over Oliver Albin Moussier, who we just mentioned in the PFL Grand Prix on Monday. He's got a submission victory over Mike Davis. If you don't know who Mike Davis is, he just had a fight of the night just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, at UFC Fight Island 8 against Mason Jones. Yeah, he did. Incredible fight. Mm-hmm. Also, decision win over Gunnar Nelson. TKO Damian Maya. That was... Yeah, that was mm. Boom! <laughs> and boom and then, he dominates Tyron Woodley. And here's the fun fact. Kamaru's scorecard against Tyron and Gilbert's are the exact same scorecard. Oh, wow. look at you whipping out these facts out of your ass. Yes. <laughs> that was right out. <laughs> uh, and then his lone, or the notable loss, I should say, in the UFC was against Dan Hooker. This did come back at 155. That was a KO. He has 10 first round finishes out of his 14. He's currently riding a six fight win streak, four of those coming at welterweight. He's undefeated at 170 pounds. Mm hmm. I still don't know who I'm picking to win. Okay, all right, let's. Slow I can't it down. wait for this fight. I always, I'm always like, okay, let's slow it down. You, because you just kind of, yeah. you just went on a, you went on a, a yeah. rant. Yeah, you know, yeah. What yeah. you do to breakdowns, and I, I love it. But we got to slow this down to really break this thing down appropriately. Like molasses. <laughs> like molasses pouring, pouring out, out of my mouth. <laughs> it's a Savannah okay. accent. Okay. 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 Shout out Andy from the office, <laughs> baby. Okay, Kamaru, let's break this down. Kamaru Usman. What's going to happen? All right, let's... Okay. All right. So, Kamaru Usman's route to winning this fight. Close the distance, get the clinch on. Takedowns, risky, risky, risky investment, right? Yeah, yeah. As good of a wrestler as he is, Gilbert Burns offers a lot of problems when it comes to submissions. And his speed on the feet. He's so fast. He's so fast. He's so fast. I think that's this is the thing. If Usman can close that distance, you know, if he can get Burns up against the cage, he's right. going to be the stronger man here. Yep. Yep. So you get him up against the cage, kind of like how he did against Masvidal a lot. You know, I know people make jokes about it, but the foot stomps, the dirty boxing. You know, he did a lot of good body work on Masvidal in that he fight. He did, man. Come on, he looked good. He was throwing a lot of knees to the body and stuff. Good good elbows to the face. Great stuff. Semi-vulnerable on the feet in the first. A little bit. Uh, for like a little. 20 seconds. A little, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he th- you could tell that Ma- Masvidal is a better striker than Gilbert threat. Burns right, right now, right, in my right. opinion. But Gilbert Burns striking very underrated. He's came a very long way. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar to Charles Oliveira. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So... In some ways, like it's, it's weird when I when I word it like that. It's like Gilbert Burns almost has more paths to victory. Because yeah. this is my thing: when you look at this fight, Gilbert Burns' route to victory is to stay on the outside, completely just continue to pick his shots as Usman kind of tries to jump in and close that distance. 
And then if the fight goes to the ground, be super active off his back. Yeah, he is. I definitely. mean that that's definitely going to be his routes. So can I ask one question? Mm-hmm. Do you see in any version of this fight that Burns becomes the aggressor and looks like he did against Tyron Woodley, where he pressures Usman? Now, do you think Usman lets that happen? Apparently, I guess, the word the... the word is that um, one of the the big things that they were hitting in Burns' camp for this fight is that Usman doesn't do well having to fight off his back backwards yeah yeah so i could totally see a situation where that happens man when he pressured woodley and i i could totally see that i just think that usman is gonna have a hard time even getting that clinch on burns because he's so fast and fluid around the cage and on his feet and i think if 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 usman gets too frustrated or careless he could get caught bad early i mean this fight could really and any time, anywhere, that's what makes it so exciting to me is that I could see this fight going all five rounds. I could see it being a just unreal first round finish for either man. I'm going to post something here. I've, okay. I, this is what I've been holding on to all episode. Okay. I've heard this has been going around, and I have to say it on our podcast. Right. Again, these guys have been said to spar somewhere around 200 rounds with each other. They know the ins and outs of their game. Coming into this fight, one of these two men know who's going to win this fight. <laughs> they know. They know who's going to win this. Okay, that's not completely true. But think about it. You get, I, you I, like, I like the quote. I like that. I like that <sighs> idea. I definitely think, I will oh, say, man. I don't know if this should play a factor, but on social media, does it not appear that Gilbert Burns is a lot more confident? He, yeah, he seems... Don't see a ton out of Usman right now. But, so this is the other thing, too. For anyone who watches the countdowns for these pay-per-views, Usman's like mental fortitude going into fights, like especially in a fight against Colby, where all that shit talk, and he just put it all to the side. Mm-hmm. You know, as Post Malone said, put that bullshit to the side. You right. know, and he's so good at that. And the mental side of things, he just doesn't let her bother him. And of course, there's none of that going on in this fight. But then he's probably seeing all the chatter and Burns is. He knows you, or Kamaro. He knows what you're gonna do. Blah 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 blah. And he's not worried about none of that, man. And, and I, who is Usman training with now? He's with Trevor Whitman. Right. Uh, Justin awesome. Gaethje. An exceptional oh, striking he's coach. He's really one of the best coaches there is right now. Yeah. He's so good. He's been training with Gaethje, uh, Rose, all those yeah. out there in Colorado. So, you know, he leaves a great camp in Henry Hooft, and he just moves to freaking Colorado. With and Trevor if there Whitman. was a deficiency in his game, you got to think it's the striking. Right. So now you and have he's a, working with one of the best in the but game. But it's a lot to ask out of him at the same time for one camp to improve his striking like as much as it probably needs to be in order to hang with Burns on so, the feet. So it's interesting because technically, so again, in July last year, he was supposed to fight Burns. So he left, uh, I forget what the gym is called, but he ref, left Henry Hoof's camp with Burns and went to Trevor Whitman before the fight in July. It turns mm-hmm. out he ended up fighting Masvidal, so it didn't really play out too much. So he's been there a while now, so that's just even more time to learn. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Oh, man. I think this fight's going to go all five rounds. I, you know, I saw a tweet that said, does anyone think it's not going to go 25 minutes? And I was like, I guess I do kind of agree. I'm seeing 25 minutes. Either way, I really am. Yeah, I I just have a hard time seeing either one of these guys getting finished. Are who, there ways? Who has the better chance to get a finish victory, or is that just too hard of a question? Gilbert Burns. Okay, 
Just because of the method? You see submission The AKA. method. It's not because Usman doesn't have the capabilities to finish the fight. Look at that Sergio Moraes. Fucking yeah. folded him like a lawn chair. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Um, even the Colby, Colby. fight. Uh, it's just in this walk. fight, I think Gilbert Burns' speed is just going to be too much to... I think he. I think Usman at times will be able to close that distance, get him on the cage, foot stomps, body work, dirty yeah. boxing. I got one more question. Elbow, oh. Sorry, elbows oh. too, yeah, yeah. right? Um. I don't want to ask the question, but I'm going to pose it. Is there any chance that with all the knowledge these guys have on each other and so many strengths, they both have so many strengths that are shared between the two, is there any way they neutralize each other out so much that we get a semi-stalemate of a fight? Well, with Usman, truthfully, and I, this is not meant to be a slight, a slight on him, but truthfully, there's always that chance with him because of how dominant he's been. Yeah. I could totally see, you know, Burns just maybe not quite able to keep those angles up for five rounds, and Usman just really slowing the fight down. With and again, it's, to, it's to, to his credit because he's able to work win his fight. Right. That's always the chance you take because you get a fight like the Woodley fight was exciting because he nobody he did, thought he, he was going to dominate. He wanted, man. But it, yeah. It was not. If you go back and watch it, it's not the most exciting fight. But then you have the Colby fight, which was fight of the year. And then the Jorge fight. And then the Jorge fight, which has really the, been the reason why a lot of people just yeah. are not yeah. soured on him. too. And then you have <sighs> fights like the one with RDA and Damian Maya. They weren't great, exciting fights either. But again, he was dominant. So there's always that chance. I just think this fight speaks a lot to like the Colby fight to me. where I, And not and that the these styles. two guys, I don't think they're going to cancel out. I think both guys are going to implement their strengths at times i just think that neither one's going to quite be able to finish it i think you get a five-round war neither guy i think is going to necessarily get dropped both will have moments yeah but i'm going kamaro usman via decision i think this is kind of like his if you want to compare it to john jones this is like his gus fight his first yeah. fight with gus yeah. i think it's going to be just a super close fight a fight you know, people are going to be caught wanting this one ran back while Colby's waiting in the mm-hmm. wings. You know, all these rematches for Usman are going right. to be waiting in the in the in the wings, right? Um, I'm going Usman. I think he's he's proven it at a high at the highest of levels. I think I have more faith in his ability for five rounds to be able to avoid the punches yeah. and be able to clinch up. Get, get a couple takedowns. And overall, just fight the smarter fight. Yeah, I think it may be a 3-2, like 48-47. Very close fight. But I don't think it's necessarily going to be fight of the year contender. Right. But I think it'll be a great fight. I'll side with you. Hmm. I, I, I think Usman, man, 16-fight win streak. Yeah. Just so dominant. Any, I mean, truthfully, in truthfully the UFC. if he's going to lose... Anytime soon, like you would think, this fight might be the one to do it. Yeah, man, it's like if he gets past Burns here, who is there? I mean, who a rematch with Colby could? I I really thought Colby was winning that fight. Yeah, and before that fifth round, and I know that that's what matters is he got finished. But yeah, I don't know. I I de- you know what? Hot take, not hot take, just maybe a bit far out opinion. I don't think this is the last time we'll see these two fight each other. I like that. I like that. You know, everybody loves a storyline. And mm-hmm. even though there's not hatred and shit talking and all that, there's something about... It's a healthy dose of competitive Yeah, there's something drive, about, you know? like, ooh, teammates, he left their gym, 
They know each other. Their kids are friends. This is confident competition at mm. its finest. Yeah, this is great. And uh, so you're going Usman. I have to go. I mean, he's literally one of the most dominant champions in the UFC. Yeah. He really is. Anybody that's undefeated in the UFC, I mean, holy shit, I don't care what their fights look like. Everybody loses. Not Kamaru Usman, and he's not going to lose this on Saturday night. I think we're going to be a great fight. We both predicted fight of the night here for the main card. I'm going Usman, and still his third successful title defense. Man. I'm actually surprised we both went the same way because this is very much a 50 50 fight. Well, I remember even when this very first got announced, we were like, ooh, Burns, man. Like, we were, we were very confident on Burns, and then just more time went on, and Usman got to fight again. We haven't seen Burns, and I don't know. It's, I, I really like Usman with Trevor Whitman. Because if you, if you were to pick a flaw in Usman's game, it would technically be the striking, right? And if he's with one of the best striking coaches in the game for nearly a year now. Could pay, it could pay dividends, and it's going to pay dividends here. So, awesome. I, ah, man, I, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for that title fight. Yeah, check out these fights Saturday night. Main card starts at what time? 10 p.m., baby. 10 p.m. I'm glad you always have that. <laughs> it's just the pay-per-views. I get lucky. <laughs> so 10 p.m. Saturday night, ESPN+. Plus. You can watch the prelims on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus. Early prelims at ESPN+, Plus or UFC Fight Pass. Monday, we will be recapping... All of the fights we talked about here, along with anything else from the prelims. Prelim notables, as we're calling it now. Oh, yeah, baby. Stick out to us. And Friday. Yeah. Well, okay. You no were... Wednesday next week. Yeah, so we're no back Wednesday, to the, so the... go ahead and do uh, Friday. Friday, preview, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, yeah. baby. It's finally happening. Can't wait for that fight. We've broke it down already, haven't we? Or no, no. we got damn near. Anthony Smith, Devin Yeah, it was Clark. the Smith, Devin Didn't have Clark, a poster right. yet. We'll yeah, we didn't have a poster for that one, so... <laughs> We're going to get Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, a big heavyweight uh, fight there. Some would say no more contender fight. John Jones would say otherwise, but you tell me what the heavyweights are doing. Can't wait to break that down, the big boys. So that's next week. Mm -hmm. But until then, Dominic Salee, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram, at dsalee14. Find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. If Michael Bisbing can find us. You can too. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna let you set that up because I want to give a shout out to Michael Biz. Michael Biz being so you okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna tell the story. Of course. So Wednesday's episode. You need was to go tune in first. Classic pay per view review. UFC 199. Michael Biz being winning, shocking the world. Mm -hmm. 17 days notice, knocks out the champion Luke Rockhold in Noah's a rematch. First live pay -per -view. My first live pay per view. I think we did a great in depth fun. breakdown of all the shit that went on with that card. Yeah, behind when we the do scenes. the classic reviews, we don't just talk about the fights. We, we All the fun stuff. All the behind the scenes, all of it. Um, so there's a clip in there <laughs> where you we, can find it on the we do socials. a very poor impersonation of Michael Bisping's classic post-fight press conference where he, you know, said Talking some shit. shit. Yeah. Said some shit to Luke Rockhold. Very funny stuff. So Dom's idea was to take that clip and make it our preview for that episode. Of course. And he's like, I'm going to tweet it at Bisping. Why not? Shoot and, our shot. And for me, I went, there ain't a chance <laughs> in hell that Bisping's going to... Especially even... the way we butchered it. Yeah, because I, I, I've done much better with that quote, and I fucked it up. I was shocked time. when you said 50K. I fucked it up so bad. <laughs> hey, so Michael didn't care. But Michael Bisping... Michael Bisping being the gentleman that he is, 
not only saw our tweet, but listened to the clip, mm. quote tweeted us and said, good effort, boys. Uh, so, Mike <laughs> Bisbee. That definitely speaks to, this sucks, but <laughs> I'm happy you guys Shout gave out it to a Mike. Hey, he, I'm just going to, I'm not tooting our own horn, but we like to have some engagement with the community. Shit. Michael Bisbee gave us 9,000 views on that video clip mm. on Twitter, so... Shout out Michael Bisbing again. Good effort, boys. We tried our best. Yeah. We tried to make him proud. I'm going to get that. UFC Hall of Famer. I'm getting it framed. I'm getting that printed and framed, <laughs> for sure. So, shout out to the count, Michael Bisbing. So, man. follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more content like no, that. Clearly. As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. Oh. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, let them know. Leaving a voice message. Mm-hmm. If you have a thought about an upcoming fight, a fight that just happened, a news story, or if you just want to say hi or tell us we're a piece of shit, you got 60 seconds 60 to do seconds. it. 60 seconds. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month, and all that money goes back into improving the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that, we're out, and we'll see you all on first time on the mic.